But first, let's focus on civic politics. A year ago this month, Ken Sim and his colleagues were sworn in after voters elected uh, seven of Better City Vancouver councillors and put Sim in the mayor's chair. Uh, here's Ken Sim from the night he was elected. We will work to make Vancouver the most accessible city in the world. We're going to start the work day one to reduce permit times on building new homes and starting new businesses. We are going to expand the responsible consumption of alcohol in our parks. And we're going to bring back honours classes and the school liaison officer program. And we're going to bring a renewed lens, a compassionate lens, one that's measured by outcomes in the communities that need it the most. Now, we're going to do these things and a, a lot of other things, and we're going to do them together. But I do want to stress, this journey is going to be really hard. There will be false starts. We will make mistakes. But we can't lose if we never give up. Now, since then, we've had more police officers on the street, a fewer mental health nurses, a 10.8% property tax increase, a clear of the homeless encampment on Hastings Street, a cancellation of the city's commitment to a living wage policy, and, of course, the return of the Stanley Park train. Well, sort of, if you're one of the lucky 23,000 who got those tickets. Now, if you think uh, that issue, the train issue, is not a an issue, big, big issue for parents, here's one of our colleagues trying to buy tickets online. Take a listen. But it says... 23,000 tickets were sold in under 90 minutes. I logged on at 9.24. I was in the queue for 38 minutes. So I was on before 10 a.m., which is 60 minutes, and there were no tickets. I could not get a single ticket for a single night for a single time. 90 minutes. Nuh-uh. This is worse than Taylor Swift. Look at I'm still sending things to my friends. Just one train running. Everybody was talking about it. All the moms groups. All we wanted to do was to go to Stanley Park and ride the train. And it doesn't look like we'll be doing that again this year. Rule number one in politics, never mess with mom groups. That was Amy Beeman here at CKNW trying to buy tickets uh, just uh, last week. Well, some successes and some misfires as well, as Ken Sim was said, is stating earlier that it's gonna, there are going to be some challenges there. But joining me now to discuss Ken Sim's first year in office uh, is Frances Bueller. She's a political contributor for The Globe and Mail. Frances, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks. And I loved hearing that clip. Oh, my God. <laughs> the you, passion. I know. You don't realize uh, the impact of a train and, and parents, of course, wanting to build memories with their kids until um, you hear our colleague Amy Beeman. Like, she was not happy at all, at all. And like I said, you don't ever mess with mom groups on Facebook, that's for sure. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but let's start from, from the beginning here. Your thoughts. Uh, you've covered uh, many mayors uh, here in Vancouver. Your th- overall thoughts on what you've seen the first year from Ken Sim and uh, ABC. Well, as we've discussed before, I think we all expected a bit more, some big actions out right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. You know, they have eight councillors, which is called a supermajority, which means they can vote on financial issues and carry the day. Like you need eight votes to uh, on financial issues, and uh, I think people thought there would be something, you know, something beyond like getting the fountains going, canceling the bike lane in, in, or removing the the current bike lane in Stanley Park, getting the Stanley Park train going as exciting as that is for some people. I think people thought there'd be a bit more happening in the city as a whole. Um, But, you know, I think what we're seeing is that Ken Sam and his group 
are choosing some high-profile symbolic actions to start off with, you know, cancelling the paper cup fee as well, uh, and knowing that it's going to be a big, long grind to work on some of the more entrenched issues, housing, homelessness, uh, public disorder, crime, um, you know, a sense that the city maybe is grubby and filled with garbage and, and so on. So the people who like the symbolic actions think he's doing great. The people who are more invested in what about these long-term pro- problems, I'm hearing more from them about, what, wait a minute, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care about the train. What about... What about homelessness? So, you know, but that's Vancouver, right? That's yeah. the way Vancouver divides. Yeah, no, you raise a very good point. Now, you and I have talked about this before. Generally, certainly my rule of politics has always been that uh, if you get a majority like that, you come out with some strong, big-picture policies. You do all the heavy lifting early because as you head into your second second half of your term, you become more risk-averse. You start eyeing that election campaign. You worry more about public sentiment, and uh, it gets a little tougher. That's all. I mean, doesn't mean things can't be done, but things are tougher. You try to do all the tough stuff early as much as you can um, in, in your mandate. Do you think... Uh, just in regards to temperament, in regards to, you know, uh, wants Vancouver to have a swagger back. I think the Vancouver Sun had a, a picture of him doing push-ups, uh, his tendency not to wear suits at all uh, when going to events. I mean, is is that sort of image that he's trying to portray maybe as a tech bro? I don't know. But do you think that's suited for the Vancouver of the moment in a post-COVID environment? I mean, everyone projects a particular image about Vancouver. Every mayor does that. And, you know, you think about Larry Campbell, sort of Mr. Da Vinci, the coroner Da Vinci, you know, kind of out protecting, um, you know, people on the streets. He pro- tried to project that image. For Gregor, it was the bike riding mayor who was going to make us, you know, net zero, turn us into a net zero city. And so, yeah, Ken Sim does project a particular image that, um, you know, Vancouver is a tech city. There are a lot of tech people working here. Um, I, but I do wonder about, as you say, that tech bro image. Like, when, uh, I had an interview with him earlier this uh, or uh, last week, and again, he used the word swagger that he loves to use. Yeah. Uh, uh, when he's describing what he wants Vancouver to get back. And I said, you know, that's a word that I don't think a female politician would ever use. But it's beyond that. It's not even a female politician. There's only a certain group, certain type, a certain demographic, kind of the male tech thing, who would even talk about swagger so much. So that's his image. Yeah, and the reason I bring that up is you raise some good issues. Homelessness, crime, I mean, citizens getting stabbed, uh, uh, you know, uh, attacks. Uh, these are very serious issues uh, for the moment in a, in a post-pandemic, a global pandemic. And you do need serious people with because these are very complex issues that you need to work for the, with the provincial and federal government. I'm not saying that he's not, but I'm just sometimes wondering that image that he is pushing um, and selling, is that fit for the moment more than anything? Yeah, I mean, I think the voters will decide on that. I think some of them feel like, um, you know, it is a bit uh, maybe lightweight in some areas. But, you know, I've also talked to others who said they did put more money into policing. They did open up an office in Chinatown. They did clear off Hastings Street, whatever you think of that. You know, like some people some people think that was a good thing. So um, I, 
I, I do think that um, Ken Sammy's an interesting mayor in that he's a bit like Larry Campbell in that he he doesn't want to grapple with pol- big policy. He wants to set goals. He wants to like embody a vision. But he's going to leave it to others to figure out the specifics. Like I asked them something about what do you think of the current response on the drug crisis and safe supply? And he basically said, I'm going to let the experts handle that. That's not my bailiwick. Um, And uh, I think that's what he's doing with some of those bigger questions. He's kind of setting the goal, but then leaving it to staff people or, or, or governments elsewhere to figure out how we're going to get there. We're talking about Mayor Ken Sim. I've joined by Frances Beale. She's a political contributor for the Globe and Mail. Uh, Frances, uh, the question I did want to ask in regards to uh, Ken Sim and the fact that he, you know, a center-right party was elected, I think, after was it 12 or 14 years. What impact do you think that 10.8% property tax increase will have between Mr. Sim and his supporters? Well, Obviously, none of them are going to like it, um, but it is one of the bold actions he took in the first year that he's <laughs> hoping true. people will forget about by the fourth year. <laughs> yeah. uh, although it doesn't look good for this year coming up because they have a lot of fixed expenses they're going to have to deal with and they want to do things. That's the whole thing. When, you have, when you're elected to like fix the city, if you start just cutting stuff, that leaves you no room to like add police or you know do these things that you said that you were going to do. So uh, it they they have a difficult another difficult year coming up where I'm not sure that the tax rate uh, increase will be below inflation because they're paying they have to factor in the police contract. Mm-hmm. That's a third of their budget is police. It's mostly salaries, and um, they have a big wage contract uh, negotiation going on as we speak. Uh, the mayor was on this show not too long ago, and he talked about uh, red tape reduction and that he's got a committee um, um, helping and working towards a plan. Um how much of an impact can committees like this have? The reason I say that, look, he's going to have center-right voters who want to bring some sanity in their mind back to City Hall. Uh, they want City Hall to go back to the basics in regards to what municipalities used to offer. But there's some realities. You know, there's been offloading on on daycare and many other issues that the city is, has to put into its costs, deal with it in regards to their costs. Um, in regards to all of that, um, you know, do you think any one mayor can have that much of an impact in regards to just sort of getting costs under control without making deep, deep cuts? I mean, I think it's really hard, especially for the bigger cities uh, who are having to deal with so many things that are beyond their control. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, Canada has doubled its immigration numbers. Mm-hmm. That has a huge impact on you know Canada's three biggest cities. And there's not really much money from the federal government to help them deal with that impact. Um, We are seeing a drug crisis all across North America for a single mayor to be able to, like, figure out what to do about that on their own. No. And, And that's why I think in some ways that's why it's so attractive to just 
go and ask a bunch of rich people to help pay for repairing the Stanley Park train and getting it going again, because that's relatively simple in comparison with those other issues. Well, it's, it's in many ways, uh, I think it reflects kind of the first year for Ken Sim. There's a big announcement. We've got the trains back, but when you look at it, uh, they've got one locomotive. They don't have, uh, uh, obviously, enough carriages. Uh, there certainly aren't carriages for those in wheelchairs. Uh, and if one part, one part in any of those carriages or that locomotive go down, there's going to be a huge impact on that. So there's a huge announcement, but uh, when, when you sort of tear away the uh, the curtain a little bit, uh, there isn't as much as people expected, That, that that's for sure. Um, but they still got something done, you yeah. know, which is, as I was saying, easier to do than let's fix, let's, let's end homelessness. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Uh, moving forward, just in regards to some of the things you sort of touched on, this is not going to get any easier for Mr. Sim and his counsel, is it? No, it's not. I mean, there are, you know, one thing that's working in his favor is, and, and that he's fostering is he has good relationships from the, with the province, as mm-hmm. far as I know. And um, I'm not quite sure about the federal government, but I'm sure he's working on that. So at least he's not at odds with other levels of government, which is if, if you're going to try and get anything done, that's super important, right? Yeah, exactly. Like if you're, if you're fighting with everybody who's hold, holding the purse strings elsewhere, that's not a good sign. Uh, but uh, those things are going to be long, time-consuming. And also Vancouver's big chunk of housing accelerator fund money, federal, is being held up because of this fight at Metro Vancouver over fees, which again is out of... Uh, Ken Sims control all of his all of the councillors from Vancouver voted to go along with what the federal housing minister asked which was to delay the implementation of those big developer fees Mm -hmm. Uh, but the rest didn't and so he has no control over that and so Vancouver might be out I don't know you know 100 million or something like that uh, in housing accelerator funds if they don't get this resolved. Wow, that is uh, that's that's a lot of money. That's for sure. I've had George Harvey. I mean, on. I'm just guessing, right? Yeah, it was going to be 140 for Burnaby and Surrey, so I have to believe that Vancouver's would have been quite a chunk. Oh, I have to be uh, on because top of that. not to mention yeah. a lot of federal Liberal MPs are representing mm-hmm. here. Anyone would think mm-hmm. so. That's for sure. Uh, Francis, it's going to be. It's been a fascinating year covering uh, the mayor. It's going to be even more so in in the next few years. That's for sure. Once Let's again, see what happens a year from now when oh, we're talking again. Oh, we will. That'll be interesting. We will. I think we'll be talking before then i can promise you that. <laughs> francis thank you okay great